Glory to God in the highest. Man, what a thing to sing. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Um, we'll be finishing up our Advent series called Come Lord Jesus. And in that, we looked at Mary, and then we looked at Joseph. And we're going to look, look at our final uh, responder to God's revelation this morning. If you remember Mary, her response to this incredible news that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah, her, she had a couple questions, but her response was, I am the Lord's servant, may it be as you have said. Joseph, who was asked to do an impossible thing, to take this young woman that he was engaged to and have everything upended, his response to the vision, the dream, the visitation of the angel that the Lord gave him was to walk in absolute obedience to what God had called him to do. So both Mary and Joseph had, in a very real way, surrendered to God's will, his revelation, and they had said, come Lord Jesus, may your will be done. And so we're going to look at this last responder who is the church, it's us, the bride of Christ. And to do that, we're going to look at the last few verses in the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. But before we do that, we're going to pray. And then we'll turn to Revelation chapter 22. So please pray with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, to sing glory to God in the highest, to imagine what it was like to hear angels cry that out. Honestly, Lord, in the midst of the busyness of this season for us, um, it's very easy to lose track of what we're doing here, that we are here to worship our God, to worship our Creator, to rejoice in You, to remember that You came to save us, to remember the life that You lived, to remember the life that You gave up for us on the cross, to remember Your ascension, to remember Your return. So, Lord Jesus, help us to remember as we come here today to open up the Word of God, the last chapter of the Bible, would you teach us? Teach us how you want us to respond to you, Lord Jesus. Um, not only us, but the church for millennia in front of us have echoed this same cry, come Lord Jesus. And so we echo it with them, that you would return soon, and that you would finish the work which you began, as you promised to redeem us from our sin. We thank you. We give you great praise for this joyous season. It should be the happiest time of the year. Help us to remember that. Help us to walk in the joy that you pour out on us, that you pour out from within us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we'll be in Revelation chapter 22, starting in verse 16. So Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, 
Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So Revelation is obviously a very large book, the end of a very large book, the Bible, and it brings everything to a close. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and this is how it ends. Three times in this chapter, Jesus says, I'm coming soon. He says it in verse 7, behold, I'm coming soon. He says it in verse 12, behold, I'm coming soon. He says it finally in verse 20, yes, I'm coming soon. He's trying to tell us that he's coming, and he's coming soon. But he gives us a revelation. He reminds us who he is here in verse 17. He says, I've sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. What's of the seven churches of Revelation, which you can go back and read, and I encourage you to do so. But broadly, it's the church with a big C, the body of Christ, the churches, including this church, the Vine Community Church. He's given us this testimony, and he reminds us, I am the root and the offspring of David. I am he that the prophets prophesied of in the Old Testament. I'm the fulfillment of that prophecy, and I am David's heir. He is the heir to the throne of David. Jesus is the king, and he comes in the book of Revelation to reign as the king of all things. But we have this other mention. He calls himself the bright morning star. And if you look at 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter has this little interesting mention. In 2 Peter 1.16, he says this, and he's going back and explaining to the, his readers there that they're not just making this thing up. He said, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from him to him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were on the mountain with him on the sacred mountain at the transfiguration. And we have heard the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And Peter's going back and he's saying, remember, it's not, yes, we've heard the prophets, but we saw, we heard, like John says, we have seen and heard and, and felt and, and we've experienced the risen Christ. And Jesus comes and says, I am this bright morning star. Like, so a morning star, there's morning and there's stars, there's evening stars. It's usually the planet Venus. And at this dark period before, when the, often when the moon is set before the sun rises, you can see this bright star, a planet, in the sky. But it's a, it's a foretelling of what's coming. Because it's the morning star. And what comes in the morning? The sun. The bright, inescapable light of the sun rises in the dawn. And Jesus is saying, not only am I the, the promised redeemer, am I the king, but I am the bright morning star that with me comes the light of day. And then there's this response in verse 17. And there's kind of four responders here. The first is the spirit, the Holy Spirit. The second is the bride. That's us. That's the church. We see that in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 21 and chapter 20. This wonderful uh, picture of this intimate relationship that the church has with Jesus. And the bride, us, the church, is asking the Lord Jesus to come. And the Spirit, what is he doing? He is interceding on our behalf, asking the, the second member of the Trinity, Jesus, the Son of God, to come. Let him who hears say come. Who is that? I think that that's us or anybody else who hears this message. And what are we supposed to say? We're supposed to say, come. 
But then there's this invitation, whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him come and take the free gift of the water of life. If you remember back to your book of John, in chapter 7, Jesus says something super similar to that. He says, on the last day of the great great, uh, feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood up. And in this large group of people, in a loud voice, and he said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And at this last chapter of the book of the Bible, this great invitation is given. If you are thirsty, come to Jesus. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. This is an invitation that is open to us today. If you're a believer and you're dry and you are in the desert, go to Jesus and allow him to do what he does, which is to bring life, water, refreshment to you. If you are thirsty because you were lost and you do not know Jesus is your Savior, he is inviting you today through the Word of God to come to him and be saved If you're feeling the weight of sin or a separation from God and this yearning in your spirit that there's something more, I know that I'm, there's something about this life that I'm missing or I feel convicted of sin in my heart. I realize that there is a holy God and I'm separated from him. That is the spirit of God working in your heart. Come and be saved. Come to Jesus today and he will give you the water of life just like he gave to the woman at the well in the gospel of John. And that is himself. We come and we set aside our efforts and we set aside our sin and we turn to him and say, Lord Jesus, I cannot save myself. I trust in you to save me. Save me from my sin and help me walk with you. If you do that today, you will walk in newness of life. And he gives this warning in verses 18 and 19. You know what? Don't add anything to the prophecy of this book and don't take anything away. We can wrangle all day long about what he's saying there. Don't do those things and you're going to be fine. Verse 20, he says, he testifies that these things says this. Yes, third time, I'm coming soon. And our only response to him is this. Yes, come Lord Jesus. And until he returns, we have his grace to carry us through as we wait. Mary and Joseph had an encounter with the one true God. They had a revelation. He revealed something to them. But God did not ask their permission. He did not come to Mary and say, hey, Mary, I got an idea, okay? You're a virgin, engaged to be married. You're going to have a baby. What do you think? It wasn't what he did. He didn't come and say, okay, now this is crazy. I want to kind of bounce some ideas back and forth. No. He came to Mary and he said, this will happen. And Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. Come, Lord Jesus. He did not come to Joseph and say, hey, Joseph, buddy, I know this is going to be complicated, but if this is all right with you, this is going to happen with Mary, and then, you know, be a real favor for me if you would go ahead and marry her and raise Jesus. No. He told Joseph, this is what's happening. And Joseph's response to a revelation of the living God was, I will obey you to the full. Jesus is not asking permission to come back. He is not like, hey, you guys got space in your schedule? You got some time? You got, I see a gap in your calendar. I, is it okay if I come back then? 
God does not ask us permission. Jesus is not asking permission to return. He is not asking permission when he says, behold, I'm coming soon. When he says, behold, I'm coming soon, my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. That is not a request. It is a reality. And then he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Our singular response to the revelation of Jesus is to bow our knee to him and to say with all the saints, yes, amen, come, Lord Jesus. We are going to close with a response song, and it's maybe my favorite Christmas song, because in the chorus of that song is a phrase that says, fall on your knees. If you want to fall on your knees this morning, go for it. Fall on your knees before Jesus. Like, hallelujah. But for sure in your heart, we who are God's people, our only response to the revelation of Jesus coming in the flesh is to fall on our knees before him. It is the only proper response at every situation and every moment of our life. Tonight, when the wheels fall off and you're exhausted and your Christmas tree lights break, fall on your knees and say, come Lord Jesus. Tomorrow morning when your kids wake up at 4.30 and they come and they scream and they punch you in the face because they're so excited they don't know what to do, come Lord Jesus. When you're exhausted and you're covered, in, just bow your knee to him. When your stuff gets burned tomorrow or somebody doesn't go right or the travel goes this or Aunt, Aunt Mabel drinks too much cognac, I don't know. Things go crazy this time of year, right? And it's stressful. It's stressful trying to get everything perfect, all the things set up, all the things right, all the blinking lights working. None of that matters, okay? Here is what matters as we celebrate this time. Jesus came before. He is coming back. And until that time, we have work to do. So as we sing a song that cries out, fall on our knees, and as we get ready I want you to be preparing your heart for what's going to happen as we light these candles, as we will get, to get a beautiful picture of what it looks like to take this great news to a broken world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we come to you as your bride, as your servants, as those who have put their faith in you and have trusted in you. Lord Jesus, if there's anyone in this audience right now who has never trusted you and is feeling the pull in their heart, would you draw them to you? Draw them to you that they would be saved, Lord. That they would ask you to help them, to give you their heart, to surrender to you, to cry out to you, Lord, save me. That anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And that we hang all of our hopes on that very promise the promise of your grace and of your return. Help us respond to you in worship by bowing the knee of our heart to you, Lord Jesus. In your risen and exalted name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand as we sing this final one together.
please stay standing, and uh, we're going to click off a few lights here. 
If you've never done these candles, there's a few brief instructions. The first one is don't set anything or anyone on fire. That is the main instruction. Uh, parents, obviously, watch your kiddos. If you think they're ready to hold a candle, great. If not, don't give them one. But here's what we do. This is just a symbol of something, right? Yes, it's fun and it's beautiful, but it's very intentional. I'm going to light this candle from the center candle, which is the Christ candle. Christ is the light of the world. We take his light, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to light this, uh, these first a few rows here, and then y'all are going to pass them back row by row, and in that way, we're going to light up the whole room. Sound good? But don't miss the point. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, we're going to sing Silent Night. Yes, it's wonderful. This is a picture of the work of the church as we proclaim the gospel to a dark and broken world. So here, as we light the Christ candle, the light of the world who came to save us and to bring us new life, we bring this and we light one another's candles as we celebrate this Christmas. Lord, we're so grateful for your presence, for your light. There is such darkness in this world. But you have come to over, overcome that darkness, Lord. You've come to chase away the evil of this world. You've come to give us new hearts and that your light may shine within us. And that we may pass that light to others that through you the whole world would be lit by your glory, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord. Thank you for coming to us.
carry something very precious with us. It is the light that the darkness cannot overcome. And it is the light that gives life to men. So as you leave here, one, be very careful that your candle is all the way put out. And there is a metal wastebasket at that exit that you can put it in. There is no trash bag, so it won't light it on fire. But mainly, I want you to remember that you take the light of the world with you as you go with your family, as you go and you travel, as you go to work next week, as you do all those things, do not let the hopelessness of this dark and broken world extinguish the light of the gospel in you. Shine and go in peace.